0: Advent is the four Sundays leading up to Christmas, and this whole year we've been doing a sermon series uh, where we've just been walking through the book of Luke, and so as we're doing our Advent series, we're pulling scriptures from, from the book of Luke. Uh, last week, we remembered um, how we are also waiting for the, the second coming of Christ and how Advent and Christmas is really a powerful, powerful reminder to us that we wait much in the same way that, that they were waiting and so today is week two of this. And this week I wanted to look at Simeon and Anna. Simeon and Anna were two people, um, older people who just, I, they, they just kind of showed up at Jesus' baby dedication. I mean, they were prompted by the Holy Spirit to be there, um, but they were, be th- they, they were there. They, they shared some prophetic words about Jesus. And how fitting that this week's sermon is about two faithful grandmas and grandpas who are noted for praying over a young baby and a young family. I, I love the, um, not the coincidence, because I think God was involved in that, but just how that was, that was brought together. Um, usually I, I try to do a bunch of research, right? Like what's the background? What's the backstory? What do we know about these people? Uh, and with Simeon and Anna, I found uh, pretty much nothing. Uh, we know so little about these people. With Simeon, we get a name. With Anna, we get her name and her dad's name and what tribe that, that she was from. Um, and that's about it. Um, and so when it comes to like background or family connections or other references in scripture, what's going on or appearing later on in, in the New Testament, we get nothing. Silence. There's just, we just, as far as we know, they, they were just there. They prayed and that's, that's about it. But what we do get In a very short, condensed way, what we we do get, I believe, are, are some of the most wonderful, powerful compliments about character and heritage and a life lived of honoring and loving Jesus. I think that scripture can give, which is another thought. Like, what does it mean when scripture compliments you? Right. What does it mean when Scripture, which will last forever and we'll be able to, to reference in heaven for all eternity, what happens when, when your name gets put in Scripture and it complements you and your character? Let me read this story. Um, I'm in Luke chapter 2, verse 22. Um, there will be a little bit, but uh, let, let me just read this to you. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses... They brought him, so that's Jesus, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child of Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up into his arms, took baby Jesus, blessed God, and said, "'Lord, you are now letting your servant depart in peace.'" And a sword will pierce your own soul also, so that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak to him of all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of the Lord was upon him. Okay, let's start at the beginning on this one. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him in The first words to describe Simeon are that he was righteous and devout, so it's not just that that this man is holy uh, and, and that he, he, he loved the Lord and that he behaved in a just and caring way to, to those around him, but he was devout, implying that he had been doing this for a very long time, right Devout implies history it implies longevity it implies discipline right he had a long track record of doing this and really by these two words alone simeon has led a remarkable christian life okay but then it carries on it says that he was waiting for the consolation of israel so that's another way of saying that he was waiting for the coming messiah Um, Messiah and Christ are actually mean the same thing It's just that one is rooted in hebrew and one is rooted in greek and they talk about this this coming messiah or savior But but what that implies is that that for simeon his focus was not on himself If he's waiting for the consolation of israel Then his mind and his thoughts are to his people right there's a broader awareness That he has this deep concern for others and he's not absorbed in himself but then lastly, it says that the Holy Spirit was upon him. One of the things that we often take for granted is that when we become a Christian, the Holy Spirit comes and lives within us, right? And, that, and we can unpack that, you know, from New Testament writings. But prior to Jesus, that was not the case. For us, it's kind of a, you know, sort of standard issue. But prior to Jesus, the Holy Spirit would rest on some people for a certain reason or a task or role, but it wasn't standard, So this is very unique, right? Like that line alone tells us that that Simeon had been chosen or singled out in a very unique and special way. And I don't know, you know, in the the Old Testament setting, right, to have the Holy Spirit come and rest upon you. I don't know if just God chose you. I don't know if it's something that you could earn or ask for or a little bit of both. I'm not sure. The examples, frankly, kind of lean towards just God choosing people for certain tasks and then empowering them with the Holy Spirit for that. In the things that matter, like for eternity, Simeon has a very impressive resume, if, if, if we can word it like that, in just a few short lines. But then this is the line, and then we read this. Verse 26, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. People had been waiting for the Lord's Christ for centuries. And I am am baffled by this line, like what happened that Simeon appears to be honestly like the one man in all of israel to receive that message right and it appears like he received it some time ago right it it, it kind of seems to imply that some time ago god had promised him you will not see physical death until your eyes have seen the lord's christ like i just I, i just have so much wonder and question of all the people in israel who are trying to be religious and are trying to do the right thing and trying to please God, how is it that Simeon is the only man, apparently, to have received this message? And I don't know. (laughs) But it's just remarkable to me. Verse 27. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do according to the custom of the law, He took him up in his arms and blessed God and said. And so, I mean, by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, like Simeon seeks out this couple and the baby Jesus. Like he knows who this is, right? Like he goes straight to them, lifts up the child, and he says this, Lord, you are now letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. We could unpack that for a while. My eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for the glory of your people Israel. Okay, so there's a lot in there, but let me just focus in on verse 32, a light for revelation to the, G- to the Gentiles. Later on in the New Testament, Paul is gonna talk about the mystery revealed. And the mystery revealed is that reconciliation with God is actually available to anyone, anyone. If, 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 you're, if you're willing to say yes to Jesus, it is available to you, right? And it's not something that is exclusive to the Israelites. This was very offensive to the Israelites. They had really kind of drifted in this place of belief that just because of their nationality, that they alone had exclusive access and favor with God. And then along comes Jesus in the New Testament. It's like, Nuh-uh. actually, anyone who says yes to Jesus can, can have that. So just, I mean, and Paul calls it the mystery revealed prior to that. It was a mystery. Like, may, there probably are adequate clues in the Old Testament, but everyone missed it. And yet here is Simeon prophesying that this child will be a light for revelation to the Gentiles. Simeon is radically different from all of his counterparts in that day. Then you have Anna, or Anna, not sure, I'll ask her someday. There is a prophetess, Anna, She's identified as a prophetess, okay? So Anna is someone who speaks on behalf of the Lord by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to, to different people, right? So already she's got going that, that going on. Um, so this also is someone who has the Holy Spirit um, in their life. Thaniel, we don't know anything about him. His name means face of God. That's kind of fun. I don't, daughter of face of God? I who knows? And then we have the tribe of Asher. Uh, Jacob had 12 sons. Each of those 12 sons eventually becomes a tribe of Israel. Asher was the eighth. Uh, When he was born, his mother said, How happy am I? The women will call me happy. So Asher's name means happy. Some neat stuff about Asher, but I couldn't find anything that seemed connected or relevant, though, to, to this moment. Then you have Anna. She gets married. She's married for seven years. Her husband passes away. Uh, we don't know the details on that, but it still makes for a sad story. She did not depart from the temple worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. Anna's lifestyle, somewhere in that journey of when she was widowed to, to up in 84, her lifestyle is now worshiping, prayer, and fasting in the temple. The I missed it the first couple times. But if you really look at the sentence, like this woman embodied worship, right? Worship was actually at the core of Anna and and what, what she did, right? She did not depart from the temple worshiping, worshiping. How did she worship? Fasting and prayer. When did she worship? Night and day. It was worship that was at the core of what she did, what she was doing, and what her identity had become. She also approaches Mary and Joseph. She gives thanks and gives thanks. But Anna also has this evangelistic spark because you see she spoke of him. So spoke of Jesus to all who were basically to anyone who would listen (laughs) Is, is how I would summarize that. She came up, gave thanks, and then just went and talked to everyone. Anyone that she could find who was willing to listen. Again, no person has told Anna that this baby is the Messiah, but the Holy Spirit tells her, it appears to be he tells her in the moment, and so she responds with worship and evangelism. So we've got two people, man, woman, both empowered by the Holy Spirit, Uh, both people of remarkable character. The Holy Spirit has revealed to both of them that there's this, this young couple with this new baby and they're out in the courtyard and he is the promised Messiah that Israel has been waiting for for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. I wanted to do a sermon on Simeon and Anna simply because I am so inspired by them. We know pretty much nothing about them outside of this story. But within this story, what is said about them? Wow. The way that Scripture describes them. To have that kind of relationship with God. To be so familiar to his voice. To speak on behalf of God to others. To see what no one else has seen. To know when God is working and moving while while everyone else appears to be ignorant of, of what is happening to speak in encouragement and blessing over young parents like that. And it appears that both of them have a long heritage of doing this, right? Like they, they are devout. They have been doing this for a very long time. This morning, we we lit the candle of faith. Faith is a word that I, I think is associated with Christianity more than anything else. I, I don't hear faith used in, in other spheres of my life, right? Like when doing my taxes or something like that, right? Like no one talks about faith, right? And faith basically means that you believe. Even when you don't see it with your physical eyes, you've still collected enough evidence that you believe. Jesus came once, we believe he is doing it again. Our sight of the first coming informs our faith ...of the second coming. Simeon and Anna had remarkable faith. We don't know kind of what all fueled their faith... ...but, but we know it was strong. The other thing that is, is interesting... ...is that Luke is... ...he has very little space. And, and so we know that all of his words... ...were chosen very, very wisely. And, and like, yeah, he's just very careful. And yet in both of cases... He is very intentional to note the older age of both of these. We have a few grandpas and grandpas in our midst. We got a few working toward grandma and grandpa status, right? Whether by children or by age or discounts at A&W or that kind of thing. How would you like to be remembered the way that Simeon and Anna are remembered? Remembered? and the things that matter for eternity to work towards a resume like this full of the holy spirit righteous devout focused on others seeing young couples and praying for them Joanne and I have openly talked about how thankful we are for the grandmas and grandpas in this congregation I mean I would I, I mean no disrespect to like the younger people but I would say without challenge you are the backbone of this church I don't know why Luke was so careful to, to incorporate references to their age. But Luke saw it as important, and I'm glad he did. Because what a remarkable life to aspire to. right? We look to the second coming with hope, and so we remember with hope. And we firmly believe, firmly believe that it is happening through faith. And so the second candle. Amen. Let's pray, and then we will worship with song again. Heavenly Father I thank you for the grandmas and grandpas in our midst Lord I thank you for their heritage Lord I thank you for their work and for their effort God I pray that for every person here that we would lead lives like Simeon and Anna full of the Holy Spirit aware of your working seeing and blessing those around us attentive to to your voice, righteous, devout, having done this for a really long time. Lord, in in this brief story of these two people, God, you have indicated lives that are full of inspiration, and we thank you. Lord, may may we lead lives like Simeon and Anna. And in all these things, may you be glorified and may your church be strengthened and expand. We love you, Lord. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to this week's sermon. We hope you were enriched and encouraged. If you have any questions about Christ or church or would like more information, visit our website at livinghopehenderson.com or email me directly at luke at livinghopehenderson.com. We hope you have a fantastic week.